Well, hello. It's kind of a turning point on the Locked On NFL podcast. The Super Bowl and the 2017 season has concluded. It's time to dig into the offseason, which I enjoy every bit as much as the regular season. And today, it was announced over the weekend, the Hall of Famers. And before we get into them, I want to talk, I just want to discuss this this, this latest class, and it's a good one. Uh, I wanted to let you guys know that um, I am not writing for the score anymore. I've been doing two articles a week, every week since I left ESPN, and I'm looking for more written work. If anyone out there has ideas, I'm not doing anything for free, sorry. But please get in touch with me at Williamson NFL. I would love to write for your site, or I've been doing, <laughs> I've been writing articles on the web for ESPN and the score and FanRag and all over the place. Now for about 13 years, and I'm pretty damn good at it. So, get in touch with me if that's something you'd be interested in and have the power to make happen. But, let's talk Hall of Famers. Like I said, good class was announced. We've had a lot of Locked On NFL podcasts, and probably six, guessing, shows we've talked Hall of Famers, and Terrell Owens' name has popped up in every one of them, I think. And I think it's a crime that it took this long for him to get in. I understand that maybe you didn't want him in your locker room. And he's been with a lot of teams. And the way that the process works now, someone has to stand up for them. You know, like I always use a Steeler uh, way of looking at things. Ed Bouchette around here has been a Steeler writer for a bazillion years. He gets up and gives a case for Dermonte Dawson or Joe Green. You know, I mean, but who's... Who's got TOs back is my is my point here. I, I think that hurts players, more recent players that bounced around the league more. You know, who's the guy standing up in the room saying, I watched TO's whole career every week and I was up close to them, you gotta put him in. No, he didn't have that guy. And obviously that was a big detriment to him. That being said, this is a Hall of Fame wide receiver with my eyes closed. I mean, if Jerry Rice didn't exist I mean, I understand that's, you know, bizarre. But, I mean, Rice is clearly the GOAT at the wide receiver position. But Owens has the second most receiving yards ever. I mean, that in itself, slam dunk, forget about it. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, if he comes back, will have that honor. He's only about 500 yards behind, 400 yards behind T.O. But how do you not put him in? I mean, I know he played a lot of games. He played 219 games. But he caught over 1,000 passes, averaged almost 15 yards a catch, scored 153 touchdowns, which is also second all-time receiving. So he has the second most yards and the second most touchdowns only to Jerry Rice that's ever, ever played the game. T.O. Is, is as easy a Hall of Famer as LT was last year. Um as Ray Lewis and Randy Moss are this year. Which brings us to Moss, who I'm looking at the list, so we'll talk about him anyway. He's got 156 touchdowns, which I'm sorry, that's three more than Owens. And he's he's caught lesser balls. But I think Moss is pretty clearly the second best wide receiver that's ever lived. I mean, you talk about who do I not want to cover is Randy Moss maybe even at the top of the list, but freak, big play ability, ability to play the ball in the air, speed, quickness, 
Belichick and Brady and those guys talk about how football smart he is, which is something people probably don't refer to him enough as. And how about this? I, I retweeted this the other day. And it's almost draft season, so maybe you got, not all of you out there understand what good combine numbers are and what have you. But this is Randy Moss's workout numbers from his 1998 Marshall Pro Day. I mean, these are amazing. He was 6'4". Okay, we know that. I mean, everyone out there knows Randy Moss is 6'4"-ish. 215 pounds. So he's a little thicker, more rocked up than you might have thought. But he's still kind of a leaner dude being at 6'4". So he's 6'4", 215, right? I mean, that's a big receiver. A.J. Greenish. I mean, but heavier, bigger. He ran a 4.25. He ran a 4.25. I mean, the record is 4.24 at the Combine. I mean, he ran a 4.25.40 with a 47-inch vertical. I mean, and he plays, he played every bit that big, every bit that fast, every bit that vertically explosive, with better ball skills than anybody. Moss is an easy one, is a very easy one. So I'm glad Owens finally got in. I'm glad that Moss didn't have any hesitation whatsoever. Clearly, very, very deserving. All right, I mentioned Ray Lewis earlier. Again, uh, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on Ray Lewis. I mean, that's an easy one. Um... I mean, he was Super Bowl's Defensive Player of the Year. A case is made to be the best second-level player who's ever lived. Leader of a awesome defense. He had longevity on his side. I mean, I'm not going to sit here for 10 minutes and tell you all the great why Ray Lewis should be a Hall of Famer, but that's an easy, easy one. As easy as you get, really. I mean, any year he comes up, he's a first ballot guy. Do you think he's the best, quote, linebacker guy that's back the line that's ever lived? I mean, Butkus is a long time ago, but I think he's probably my vote is Butkus. Um, so speaking of Bears linebackers, Erlacher. For some reason, I thought he might not get in, and I'm glad he did, and I thought that maybe Lewis going in at the same time, and people can be goofy about putting the same positions in, I thought that might hurt Owens again with Moss. Didn't. So I was glad that those two receivers that deserved it got in. I'm glad these two linebackers got in. Erlacher's a little freaky too. I mean, he's not Moss freaky. But if you recall, when he came out of school, Erlacher was a safety in New Mexico State. I mean, he was a giant safety that returned kicks. I mean... He was a freak athlete that got bigger and heavier and developed and you know moved the linebacker and was drafted to be a linebacker. And again, I think he's a pretty easy decision. I mean, if Lewis is a hundred percent, then or, you know if Lewis is a hundred, then Erlacher's a ninety-five. Or I mean, they're both both get an A on the test, so to speak, and are easy Hall of Famers. But my thought with Erlacher just nowadays was, what if he was playing now? You know that. What a prospect he would be. I mean, he'd be like a Keekly from a, a coverage perspective as one of the best coverage players in the league, but bigger. I mean, but tall. I mean, 
we always talk about like how do you play man coverage on Kelsey or Gronkowski or somebody like that. I mean, Erlacher, and that wasn't asked of those guys as much back then, but would be perfect for that. And they played some Tampa 2 where he would cover the deep middle of the field at like 6'4", 250 with long arms. I mean, total stud. So that was an easy one. Um, Eagles fans are probably going to have a hard time with me. Brian Dawkins, to me, was a borderline guy. Great player. I'm not going to stand on the table and say he doesn't belong. Like, I did that with Terrell Davis. I don't think Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer. I don't think Dawkins is Ed Reed or Paul Amalu. I think those two are, like, easy walk-in-the-door safeties. And Kenny Easley, speaking of easy, Kenny Easley just got in recently. I think Dawkins and Easley are both kind of on-the-fence guys. Obviously, they're awesome. I mean, and I feel like I shouldn't have to tell you guys this, but anytime we have a Hall of Fame conversation and something negative comes out of my mouth, I mean, we're talking about the ugliest girls at the beauty pageant. I mean, you know, everyone here is awesome, and they all have strong cases. And, you know, the guys that didn't make it, and it's not like, boy, Williamson hates those guys, or they're bums. I mean, not at all. I mean, it's... So Dawkins, to me, was borderline. Um, but... Heck of a weekend for Eagles. I mean, I, my hunch is I'd like the Eagle fan to let me know. Is he the most popular Eagle of all time? <laughs> or is it Nick Foles now? Um, I mean, is he... If you have... If you're my age, if you're 44, or if you're, I don't know, over 30, is Dawkins the jersey you own? I mean, even if you're 50, is Dawkins the jersey you own? Do you still see a ton of Dawkins jerseys at the game? I mean, obviously the Wences of the world are you know taking over. But I would think... Just a hunch that he's one of, if not number one, most popular Eagle ever. Um, two senior finalists, which to me the whole senior situation is cool. But I'm not sure why it exists. I mean, in a way it almost feels like, again, this is Ugliest Girl at the Beauty Pageant. But like, you weren't good enough to get in and late in life they stick you in. And not that, and like, it's almost like they should have their own wing, like they're the JV. I mean, I know that sounds really crappy, but you weren't quite good enough, and eventually you get in, and I think that's cool. And by all accounts, and he was ahead of my time, but there's been a big, big stink from older people that do what I do for a living that have thought for a very long time that Jerry Kramer was maybe the most snubbed Hall of Famer in the last 30 years or whatever. So I was happy to see him go, you know, show people uh, this younger generation, maybe get a better glimpse of those Packer dynasties and, you know, the the sweet play that they ran so well that Kramer was, you know, renowned for. So I'm really glad he got in. Robert Brazil to me, though, I mean, again, this is ugliest girl at at the Brie pageant. Is he a Hall of Fame player? I mean, I guess, you know, that I know that you get in the Veterans Committee, it's almost like a little asterisk, and I know that's crappy to say. Um, but he didn't play real long. He was a little ahead of his time, you know, for the things I know about Brazil, and I know less about him than these other Hall of Famers, was he was one of the first stand-up, edge, LT, you know, DT, now Vaughn Miller, DeMarcus Ware types, before people were doing that, you know, that he was ahead of his time that way. Rookie of the year, great player. 
Um, again, I'm going to give a little Steeler reference, but those, I was almost called them the Titans, but those Euler teams that he was a part of late 70s were often the bridesmaid. You know, that many people and a lot of my Steeler folks around here said, man, those Euler teams don't get the credit they deserve as the second best team in the league. They just had the, they just had the Steelers in their division and in their conference. And that's when the Steelers were great, you know, 75, 76, 77. And oh, by the way, the Raiders were awesome too in Miami. But they were kind of overlooked as a great 70s team. And he was a big reason why. But to me, I mean, I, I know this is crappy, but when you walk past his bust in Canton and it's sitting there next to Ray Lewis's, one's kind of not like the other. Again, great player, obviously. Um, and we also had a contributor go this year, Bobby Bethard. No problem with that at all. Very long storied career, best known for building the Redskins, you know, the, the Joe Gibbs years, the Hogs, Smurfs, great teams. They went through a variety of quarterbacks. I think Gibbs, well, Bethard and especially Gibbs are a little bit underrated in terms of NFL folklore. I mean, I think Gibbs is pretty close to the Mount Rushmore of coaches. And, and executives are kind of a hard thing to put in. Um, but along those lines, I think they should do it a little bit different. They, they call it a contributor. I feel like every year, one non-player should go. And I've been pulling for Don Coriel for a long time now. Um, and I don't think he's going to get in if he hasn't by now. But I feel like an owner or a GM, a coach, a commissioner, one a year, whether you like it or not, goes in. You know, that one day Robert Kraft goes. You know what I mean? Like, there's always somebody that's deserving. And you put in, what, six players, and you put in one non-player a year. And they should almost have their own wing, too. I know that's... You guys, not every, all of you have been to the Super Bowl or to the, the Hall of Fame, but that's not how it's set up. All the busts are organized by by year that they were inducted. Um, but I almost do think there should be categories. Like, this is the... These are the guys that were on from the Veterans Committee. Hooray for you, but you didn't get in when you had your initial shot for whatever reason, even if you're Jerry Kramer and we're deserving. And here's a section for the non-players. And then here's the studs. You know, here's your Ray Lewis and Erlacher and... Moss and Dawkins and T.O. I mean, so really good class. I have a little problem with Dawkins, and Eagles fans are going to crucify me for that. I get it. But I'm not going to stand on stand on my table and give them a hard time for Dawkins being a Hall of Famer either. So that's a wrap. Um, change of plans. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to our buddies at my bookie and pull up Super Bowl odds for next year. All I've been told are the, are the Patriots are... Number one on that list. They're the, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. So I'm going to pull the 32 list up and maybe highlight five teams that I would put a buck on considering what the payoff might be. So I'm going to look into that between now and tomorrow. I uh, won't tape till tomorrow evening, though. So there you have it. All right. Over and out. Take care.